Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your Calcio to go. I'm Frank Crivello, he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank, how are we doing? Uh, running like a chicken with my head cut off, man. I almost didn't <laughs> get to do this tonight. Like a scheduling snafu. My son's uh, uh, school basketball awards ceremony was today. Uh, just an hour before we were to start and the school's five minutes away from here and, uh, he's in the fifth grade. So that, you know, he had fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. So the fifth graders get to go first. So I'm trying to figure out how to, how do I be a good dad, get my kids so he can go get his award and get recognized and people can applaud him and then get him. And, and so I decided, you know what, we're going to get out of here after he gets right just right after he gets his award i'm gonna be that parent that's like all right my kid got his award we're leaving and i don't care who gets mad at me for it for well you didn't have the respect to stay for the other groups no i didn't because i had shit to do (laughs) my kid's better than yours i'm out of here all right yeah yeah so i only came here to see my kid get his award (laughs) so we all come on let's be honest with each other we all only care about our own kid in here so why would I want to stay and applaud everybody else? I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, and actually it was kind of nice because there was another mom there that had was said she was just going to do the same thing simply because her son hadn't had dinner yet. So and she's like, was like, I'm not staying, you know, so it's like, all right, good. I'm not alone. I'm not alone on this. So no. No. Um, I am enjoying a Guinness. Good. Uh, because, uh, well, it's left over from St. Patrick's Day and my birthday. And then also... Um, uh, that's all that I have left for beer. <laughs> so, and it's either this or, or White Claw, which my wife drinks, and I have sworn that I'll never drink White Claw. So, um, even though a lot of people like it, have you, have you drank White Claw before? I have not. I am actually resorting to the hydrogen monoxide right now. So, um, you know, there you go. Hydrogen monoxide. Dihydrogen monoxide. What? Dihydrogen monoxide. Yes, that's what that's what that's what water is. So <laughs> basically, white claw, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, or uh, most light beers. That's so right. that's true. Anyway, but uh, but it is what it is. Uh, Anthony's in the chat. Apex Crafter, long time no see. Our uh, our good friend there. Um, mm-hmm. Come here for a little. Dominic uh, was the first one in the chat. Look at him. Was Dominic the first one in the he chat was. this time? He was. Anthony, you're slipping. <laughs> um, although Anthony, uh, you know, I, I do want to take this. I wanted to take this opportunity to do, uh, to, to recognize Anthony. I think Anthony is, is the city. I sit down super fan. Um, we appreciate him very much. And Anthony, thank you so much. Anthony has been killing it with the, the who won Calcio Twitter nominees, uh, over the last few weeks. And I think yeah. he deserves some recognition because he's Absolutely. doing a really good job. Finding some um, gems too. You know, pu- you know, finding, finding some stuff for us. So, um, uh, enjoying a well cooked steak and a baked potato to end my night. I just hope it's it's it, it better not be a well done steak, Anthony. Or we're, I'm going to have to take back everything I just said. Might have to bring it, Alex Dono. If we're going to talk steaks and, and how we cook them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, how are you, how, how, Anthony? Just let us know in the chat how you're taking that steak. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully you're a medium rare or a medium. Uh, hopefully better than uh, Napoli took Milan. Yeah, 
Oh, well, I mean, if we, Milan is the one that pounded and tenderized them, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're obviously going to lead with that. Uh, we will also um, uh, batch the rest of the match week. Uh, in addition to that match week 28, it was. Man, 10 matches left in the in the Serie A schedule. This season has flown by. Yeah. Uh, they always do. They always do when they give you this much, when they give you this much to talk about. Um, so uh, we'll batch the rest of that. We will uh, lightly touch on uh, Coppa Italia today, uh, 1-1 between Inter and Juventus, mainly going to talk about that incident at the end uh, of the game that has uh, got Romelu Lukaku suspended uh, for the return leg. Um, And then uh, we can give you a quick look at Cremonese and Fiorentina tomorrow, which will be really, really quick. Here's the deal. Fiorentina are going to win. I mean, as as nice as this run has been for Cremonese and it's been a nice distraction from their league form, Fiorentina are just playing way too well. Yes. Um, uh, maybe a little bit about how the Azzurri did and maybe a little bit about Europe next week if we want to change our mind about how we think the first legs are going to go uh, in each of those games. And then we'll finish with the world's most popular hashtag game, who won Calcio Twitter. But Richard, Napoli, Milan, uh, yeah. It was uh, we 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 people thought maybe a battering was going to happen. I don't think they expected a battering to happen in this fashion. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's break down the lineups here first. Uh, Spalletti with Merritt and goal, Di Lorenzo, Rahmani, Kim and Rui, midfield of Angisa, Lobotka and Zielinski. Standard fare there, but Simeone starting. Uh, with Quaratelia and Politano on the flanks. Um, no Victor Osimen out through injury. Uh, thoughts on this team? I mean, no, if I mean, this is a good team. I mean, say what you want. No Osimen, Simeone is a fantastic striker. He's he had almost 20 goals last season. He's a good player. He's not Osimen. But this is still a good team. Um, yeah. yeah, no, Victor Osimhen. It was a strange, the whole like mask gate before the game because he forgot his mask while he was at with Nigeria. Uh, then he ended up picking up an injury as well. He's got to order a new mask. This and that. All these things are happening before the game. Um, yeah, unfortunately for him, he picked up an injury for, with uh, with an international duty. And you know, some people would write it off as like, oh, he just did it because he was his national team. And I, I saw a couple comments that kind of hit the nail on the head where Spalletti's maybe playing him a little too much right now. Uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the season, you want to give him a little rest in some of these games that are really blowing people out. He's staying in there to get goals. And is it worth it? We'll see. Hopefully, it's not a big injury. He's he's back very quickly for, for Napoli. Um, but yeah, as a overall a standard lineup, the midfield's solid as can be. And uh yeah, it was Simeone. Yes, it's a slight, you know, slight downward from what you have in Osiman, but Simeone is a good striker, man. Let's be let's be honest. So uh yeah, good lineup. It's you know, and, and Spalletti's been doing that. We've seen oh man, we we I, these these starters go at least 70 minutes into the match most of the time before Spalletti more. even yeah. makes a substitution. He keeps them out there. Um you know, you're not you usually you see a lot of changes start at 60 with five substitutions. You're seeing guys hooked before going out there in the second half, even. So uh to see Spalletti doing it this way is certainly is certainly different. And in most cases, the three points are already wrapped up by the time you get to that point. So yeah, you certainly uh you know have a point here, Richard, on 
on uh, the amount of playing time that Alcimen's been getting. And then that's the other question that you got to ask him is that we're talking about a player that as dynamic as he is and as many goals as he scores and as good as he is, he has not played a full season. Yep. Okay. So he has not played stretch. He has not played a full season of 70 to 80 minute stretches every three days. There's usually an injury that keeps him out over a period of time. And then he comes back and then he sits a game in between here and there because they're trying to bring him back correctly, you know, and things like that. So now he is, now he is tasked with a workload that he hasn't seen yet, at least in Serie A. Um, you know, there, there's something to that. Um, but, you know, in the end, I expect him to come back and, and just get right back to the form that he's been playing in because I think yeah. the combination of him and Kvaratelia has been just beyond lethal. Yes. So, but to your point, and then to your point, Cholito is not a, a bad replacement if you have, if you have a need for one. So, Correct. um, but, uh, you can do things a little bit differently, um, with Simeone that you can, I think, I think all Simeone is the better holdup player. Um, yep. Oh, we've got bots. Okay. Nothing to do about it. <laughs> no. All right. Well, Michael's here. Good to see him. Right. So, you know, I think that a Simeone is ahead of Simeone in holdup play and in target play. I think Alcimen's the better box runner. And I think a lot of that is just the amount of repetition he's had with his wingers versus what Simeone's had. Yeah. Um, so, and I do think even with all of the chances that Napoli carved out in this game, I do think that Napoli missed Alcimen's presence in this game. 100%. 100%. So, um, over to Milan, and he only goes back to four to a back four. Uh, Mignon with the Mainyan obviously in goal, uh, Calabria, Kerr, Tamori, Teo Hernandez. Uh, and then it was a Benacer Tonali mm-hmm. double pivot with Rade Krunic in the 10. SofaScore would tell you it was Benacer in the 10. Um, but I think it was Krunic that was normally a little bit further forward. Correct. Uh, Leo to the left, Brahim Diaz to the right and Olivier Giroud up top. Um, overview. Going back to the back four benefited a certain player, didn't it? It certainly did. Uh, and I think what we saw in this game, you know, you, obviously the, the chatter would be, you know, prior to the game is Malik Chow. Maybe he should have been there instead of maybe Kiara or Tamori based on different form and blah, blah, blah. But I think, you know, the pairing that we saw, Tamori and Kiara are the most familiar in the back four with each other. Uh, they mm. showed it in this game, and Calabria also was benefited from this with the extra help back there. Um, it also helped, you know, Bonacer and Tonali doing what they did there, and and for and Ter Hernandez also did well. Also, so I think having that back four there, having Magnon with his ability with the feet, really, it's like five defenders back there, and uh, it certainly made that we haven't seen this kind of defense in a while for Milan. Uh, and a good time to bring it out. Now we had wondered if they're going to bring this back in the last couple of weeks, uh, based on how they've been playing giving up a lot of goals and uh, sure enough, it, they brought it in and it, and it worked. It worked beautifully. I thought. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree there. Um, very open game in my opinion. Uh, clearly more of the possession belonging to Napoli, uh, but a combined 34 shots between the two teams. It's what Milan did with the 
uh, 39% was certainly far more efficient than what Napoli did with their 61%. Um, you know, the uh, goal, the opening goal uh, was in the 17th minute, a goal of the week candidate for various reasons, starting with the brilliant move from Brahim Diaz on the right-hand side to get around God, the defense. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the pass. I mean, that had to be perfect. It was. And then Leal getting there and then dinking it over Mirat was one of the best goals of the season. Um, there's certainly some goals all season that have um, uh, that have that have bettered that probably. Uh, but in terms of Milan, I mean, how important we we, we characterized or we talked about how important it was for Leal, but Brian Diaz playing on the right hand side, having maybe a little bit more freedom and being able to go at uh, uh, it was Rui, I believe, on the left. Yeah. Um, being able to have a go at Rui, being able to have a go at the players on that side, making life a little bit difficult instead of having him down the middle where he would run into the vodka and run into some problems. I thought this was a very shrewd move by Pioli and it paid off 17 minutes into the match with this goal. Yeah, it was really well well taken. Uh, I mean, I, I think Krunich playing the Kessie role as we saw against uh, Inter last year, uh, playing the attacking uh, 10 there. And, and Brahim Diaz is a man possessing this game. And I think he just... Fabulous offensively and defensively for the for the team, and then Leal reading, kind of reading that play perfectly and and doing his thing and get in there and uh, getting that goal. It was just it was well done all the way around uh, on this goal. Just it's beautifully set up, and you, you got to give kudos to Brahim Diaz the way he started out. At least especially on that play there, where he kind of just shake and bake past two guys and then uh, fed Leal for that for that wonderful goal. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd score again. Uh, in the 25th minute, this time Brahim Diaz uh, with a finish that took a little bit of a deflection but went in. So he gets his goal to validate um, his performance and his effect on the game. Um, first half, possession was actually a little bit closer. Milan, again, with the four attempts on target. I think they had a couple. There was one other chance in there that I, I'm trying to remember that um, uh, Merritt was called on. That This could have been 3-0 at halftime. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm trying to remember exactly who it came from, but nonetheless, uh, excellent first half from Milan. And really, when you look at Napoli statistically, I mean, yeah, they got a couple of chances on target, but was you know, Mignon was called out. He was forced to make a couple of saves here. Um, you know, and I think we'll we'll talk about Mignon too because we'll have to talk about him in, this, in the performance in the second half as well, Richard, because I think that you know for all Brahim did, all Leo did. Um, you still needed Mignon. He he had to make yeah. some saves to oh, yeah. to help preserve the lead and help hold on. So yeah. just talk about that a little bit. Talk about you know Mignon's performance and then just the first half from Milan, the first half from Napoli. Yeah, uh, Mignon certainly had to. It wasn't like you know Milan were so stout defensively like they were against Tottenham, where they didn't allow anything. It, you know, Napoli had their chances. Uh, obviously, uh, Zelinski at the end of the first half could have scored there, but there's a couple other chances that Mignon came up big. Uh, in the first half, and yeah, he's someone who is pivotal for this Milan team to be successful. Because we saw under Tatarasano that Milan were unsure back there. You know, he, I know, not only is a great, you know, reflect his great hand-eye reflections. Um, he also is so good on with his feet. He's he's able to play the ball. He's like another defender out there. Uh, he used to be a, an attack or an outfield player, and so he's he's another player Milan can rely on. When there is pressure, kind of gets him out of that jam. You couldn't, you didn't have that with Tatarasano. Same thing with the with the point blank saves 
Um, and the reaction time by Magnon is so huge. And I think overall in the first half, I think this was just a brilliant, brilliant way that Milan came out and really attacked Napoli with the pressure, really putting the onus on the big three in the middle. Uh, those guys have been so dominant this season. And you saw that Benacer, Tonali, and, and Kronich really were trying to be physical with them. Anytime they got the ball, just you know, got on them real quickly, double-teamed them at times, and it kind of really caused some turnovers there. Um, interesting question from Dominic in the chat asking, how much do you think a silent Stadio Maradona affected the ref and Napoli? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it had to play a part. You know, you, the, the crowd is amazing there at the Maradona. Um, but I think this, based on tactics alone in this game, it would have certainly helped Napoli. But I think Milan came out to play a certain way. And um, they, and they played – and this this game meant a lot more to Milan than it did for Napoli, right? This is – Napoli is right. almost uh, – Okay, it's a throwaway game for them because they got two big games on the horizon against Milan. Milan need these three points, and they had they came out and they looked like they wanted three points versus Napoli. Were like, you know, hey, well, if we get the win, great. If we don't, you know, it is what it is. We can throw it away. And I think uh, Spalletti even said so. But first half performance, I thought it was fantastic. Diaz is one of the best players in the first half. I thought for for both teams, Leao as well, all over the place. Um, and I think quietly, I think Tomori and Krunic were fantastic. Just the work that they did defensively and offensively uh, to really kind of cause chaos that allowed the freedom to get past Napoli in certain situations. Uh, that it, it should be noted more, should be said, talked about more than than what it is right now. Um, I agree with all of that. I thought Krunic was, I thought Krunic was very good. I think Sandro Tonali was in particular a beast. I mean, the tackle yeah. that he won on the way to the ball that he played through for layout for the third goal. Um, <clears throat> it's a pretty underrated element of Sandro Tonali's game. We we look at his passing, we look at his range, his ability to be able to find long passes, short passes, dictate things from the midfield. But you know the defensive part with him and the positioning is something that certainly improved. And I think that the uh, it, that tackle to win the ball in spring layout on the break um, is indicative of that. Someone said it, and I don't remember who it was. So I apologize, but someone on Twitter had said that you know. Napoli, well, Milan do poorly against teams with the low block. Napoli mm-hmm. do very well against that. Mm-hmm. Milan do very well against teams that are very good attacking. And, you know, this is a very good attacking Napoli team. And so Milan, their best performances of the season have been against good attacking teams. Uh, and so you, you saw as a team that Milan could handle the pressure in this game. I'm not saying this is going to be indicative of anything where we're going to see in the Champions League. But I thought in this game, I thought Pioli got a spot on. The team played, you know, really well and showed in that first half. Um, well, through the entire game, really, and um, that midfield, what they had to, the way they're going to win this game is canceling out that midfield for Napoli, which is just one of the best in the league, and they did that, and you saw that on Tonali manhandling Zelensky at one point. You saw Labotka getting you know beat by Diaz and Krunic was everywhere, and Benacer was fantastic. So uh, they, that's the main job they had to do in that game is take out that midfield to kind of get a chance to beat Napoli, and they, they sure, sure as heck did that in the first half. I don't think I've seen Labotka play this flustered um, all no, season. No, I think that that's one thing you can take a look at if we want to look at it from the Napoli point of view. Um, you know, Anthony alludes to uh, Fonatelli's chances. Yeah, his shooting. Yeah, he got three shots in the game and he didn't get anything on target, but he created four chances crossed. And in terms of the peripheral statistics, Fonatelli has still got his and still was yeah. out there and still was a presence. Um, it was just, it was empty this time. Did you uh, notice the tactic him? though? So Milan it, uh, with Havara, they would like double team him at times. Um, and they would put a lot of pressure on everyone, but Labotka. they were like, Labotka, you beat us. 
they we, they stopped the, the the high the highest high chance scorers like Politano mm-hmm. and Cavada and Cholito. Cholito nearly got a couple early in the game as well. Uh, Tamori was struggling with him, but for the most part, they said let's guard everybody tight and let's isolate with Labotka and see if he can beat us. And he couldn't. Uh, and it and it showed where he a couple shots he had was high and wide and, and they were they were they weren't that great. And he did look mm-hmm. flustered to your point. Uh, this is one of the you know out of all the games we've seen him Champions League and and Serie A, this is the one game that we saw he's flustered. And so hey, he gets a pass because he's such a great player. Oh, he's been uh, has been excellent this season. He's, he's one of the best players of the season so far. But it, it, he did look flustered in this game, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Just trying to further break down Napoli here. Uh, it it certainly was. Minjai Kim has had much better days. Um, you know, I mean, some of these guys that have just been so special all season, you know, just had a bad night. Um, yeah. You know, really, that's the best way. And then, you know, let's, let's, but we, you know, as we talk about Napoli, we should talk about, you know, uh, we should talk about the fourth goal. Uh, as I'm kind of jumping back and forth here a little bit, but man, uh, Alexis Salamakers, when did he think, when did he think he was, uh, Leo, uh, Leo Messi all of a sudden. I mean, now another goal of the week candidate. I mean, these were one and two for me, and I'm having a hard time figuring out which one was the goal of the week and which one was second. Um, but uh, dribbles through, gets to everybody, puts it past Matt at 4-0, game, set, match. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what was I don't know what was in the socks or what, what did Salsicha Dona eat before the game, but, man, he was inspired. I was joking that maybe, you know, his best games this season had been Champions League, and I was joking that somebody told me this was a Champions League game, and hence why he was playing playing really well. Um, yeah, he, as soon as he came on, he was inspired. He's always he always does the the yeoman's work defensively. He's such a high rate work rate player, um, but offensively he was getting he was you know, like making runs, going past guys, doing his little uh, Ronaldinho uh, fake with the foot with the foot, and it was working. A couple of plays he went through like three guys at one time, just doing you know feints left and right. Uh, he looked inspired and. and that goal wasn't even as good as there was another shot he had maybe five, ten minutes later. Had he scored that, that would have been goal of the week. Uh, because he broke like three guys' ankles and then got a shot off and Moret made a fantastic save. But yeah, so um Salamakers uh, played really well in this game. Let's not forget about what he didn't do the rest of the season, but in this game he came up huge. Uh yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. Um the game pretty much played out from there. Uh 4-0 uh, was the final. Rasperotti got to make a cameo for Simeone. Um, Lozano came on for Politano. Uh, and Dombele for Zielinski. Elmas came on for Labotka. Um, and then uh, Origi got to come on uh, for uh, for Leal Rebic. Uh, CDK Bakio- and Bakioko got to make an appearance. So um, <laughs> Almost gave away you, a goal within like five seconds. Well, yeah, but you know it's going well for you that – Seven minutes left in the game, you can afford to put Bakayoko on. <laughs> yeah. Either you're losing so, bad or you're winning big. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling. I was that player when you're winning by that much. Yeah, the coach, yeah, yeah. you're winning that, but that late in the game, that's when it's safe to put me in the game. Get in, <laughs> so, get in there. Get in. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, I want to come back to a comment in the chat. Um, okay. and it was from our friend LKLDL707. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where did he say it? Uh, if you all watch the game, Milan played its best hand. Napoli played none at all. This game meant nothing for Napoli, and this losing could mean winning the Champions League round. Well, Milan is uncovered. Okay. <sighs> okay, so I uh, hear... 
I'm going to compare this kind of to uh, an NBA game that just happened on Thursday night. It happened to be my Milwaukee Bucks, and I almost went to the game, and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, when the Boston Celtics beat them 140 to 99. Um, now in the NBA, the Bucks are in first, the Celtics are in second, and the Bucks just came off a. They have a they have a cushion over the Celtics. There's not too many games left in the season for home court advantage. Okay. The Bucks are on the second of a back to back. They lost the night before to Indiana or somebody, and the starters played a lot of minutes. Um, and then Boston comes in on Thursday. Shoots the lights out. Bucks can't keep up. Giannis, I think, was done like by the middle of the third quarter. I, the coach just said, "Fuck it, I'm not keeping you out here. We're we're crushed." So, right. um, you know, and uh, I believe it was Reggie Miller who was doing the commentary of that game, and he said, "This is Boston saying, making a statement saying, we can come in here and we can beat you." And we've got that. We've got that belief. Okay. So if Milan, so our, our our friend here in the chat has a point, right? Sorry, Michael. It is Holy Week. <laughs> um, uh, our friend in the chat does have a point. Napoli doesn't need this game, and I've listened to Napoli fans. You know, smart from the smart to the. Oh my God! Why are you in my feed? I thought I blocked you. So, right. Um, all saying the same thing. Napoli really didn't need this game, okay? Yeah. And Milan needed it more than Napoli. But regardless, regardless, when you're talking about these Champions League games coming up, this game gives Milan a lot. Doesn't make Milan the favorite in the quarterfinal, okay? Right. But it does give Milan belief. We can go to the Maradona and get result. If we don't get the result we want at the San Siro, we've got the ability to go to the Maradona and reverse it. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so that's where that's where Milan needed this. Okay, they needed the belief. If and they, the standings and in the standings, they needed the points too. And and for the top four, exactly. So I mean, yeah, there's no doubt Milan needed this game more than Napoli. Okay, but they it's also to create the belief. It's not going to carve any doubt in Napoli over the course of the two no, legs, no, no. okay? But it is going to create the belief from for, for Milan um, that you know that they can do it. Now, I'm not saying that Milan are suddenly the favorites to 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 win in this this quarterfinal tie, and I expect things to be totally different over the cup games, mainly because of the man we talked about at the very beginning of this, Victor Alcimen. He will be there, and the dynamic completely changes with what Napoli are capable of doing. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so yes, Napoli, you didn't need the game. Okay. But I will say this, if this was a narrow win where Milan narrowly escaped, I think that it's the argument can be made that Milan doesn't have the belief that they have now Sure. heading into that quarterfinal tie. Okay. Sure. Four nil is a beating regardless of who you put out there. Okay, and I'm in the same thing with the Celtics and the Bucks. Okay, that game might not have meant anything to the Bucks, and it might have meant more to the Boston Celtics. But the Celtics did it, and they know they can go there and do it again. Okay, Um, so that's where that comes from. Okay, while Napoli didn't have to show their hand and all of this other stuff, and you can make those comments. 
Milan, but they're going to need to show it over the course of the quarterfinal. All right. And while, you know, while this game meant more to Milan, Milan went out and won four nil at Napoli. All right. Um, And that uh, there will be a little bit of weight on that. Okay. Um, I don't think it changes the favorites. I don't know if the line suddenly moved on the money line or any of that other stuff, but you kind of get where I'm getting at. I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of having kind of making word salad here Um, uh, on a, on a, on a day where Salamakers on on a day where (laughs) Salamakers scored a special goal. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I I agree with you 100. Uh, percent But let me play devil's advocate because I just love doing that. Um, I I think this win could do more harm for Milan than good, and I'll say this why. I don't think this affects how Napoli, like you said, I don't think this is going to affect how Napoli look look at the Champions League game uh, or the rest of the season. I think they're going to still do what they do because they are that good. Um, I think maybe this could be a negative on Milan. One because it gives them too much hope. Too cocky. They say, we can go to the Maradona and win 4 nothing. Are you kidding me? We're going to walk through them. Let's go to the first game. We're going to win that game. And then and then they're going to have their guard down. Oh, by the way, Victor Osman comes back. And then Napoli's put on this beating on you. And then maybe they win the first leg 4 nothing in the Champions League. You know, it's, that's very possible. Uh, mm. I don't know if that's that's going to happen, but it could. It could. You, you like Boston, uh, against the Bucs, you, you get too confident for a victory. Uh, a, a false belief that you are all of a sudden – this magnanimous team is a fantastic team. You don't play your game the way you should be playing, the way you did at that game that you won, and then you get caught, and you get caught right. with a sucker's punch. Uh, and Napoli is not the team you want to do that against because they are superior. They're they're such a fantastic team. They're the best team in the league by far, um, and they're one of the best teams in Europe. And so I think this is great belief for Milan. They just have to be – Pioli and company have to be wary. Yes, use this as belief. But don't be stupid and think that you have any any advantage in this in this leg coming up because you don't you don't and so you know what you can do to beat them you know how you can score against them and use that but I think Napoli is going to be unaffected by this result um, and I, this is going to make them more hungry to try to prove a point in the Champions League and it's going to be a tight affair both legs I guarantee is I don't think we're going to see a four nothing scoreline either way um, but it's going to be fun fun over two legs and there's going to be a Syria team in the semifinals. So that's uh, at least a bonus there. Um, uh, per bet, per bet, three sixty five dot com uh, for the game next Wednesday. Uh, the money line is Napoli plus one sixty, Milan plus one seventy, with a draw at plus two thirty. Is that because of the result? I think the result might have shifted that. I want to say that we probably, and I didn't see it before that. I didn't see that before where it is now, but, and, 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 and our friend Lisey looks into this kind of stuff from time to time too. I want to guess that this opened up with Napoli plus 115 and Milan plus 190 plus 205, kind of in that range. And now because of this four nil win on Sunday, um, that narrowed, you know, the money, the money moved toward Milan a little bit, at least for the first leg. I'm not talking about over, who qualifies? I was looking for that and couldn't find it. Um, but as as it pertains to the first leg, Napoli plus one sixty, Milan plus one seventy, draw two thirty. Both teams to score as a slight favorite at yes for minus one twenty five, no at minus one hundred six. Yeah. So I, I will say this for Piola. Oh, get- never mind. I'm sorry. Never. Excuse me. I don't catch up. I do find it to qualify. Napoli is still a minus one eighty eight favorite to qualify on the money line. Yeah. Milan's at plus one thirty seven. 
Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and that I, sounds I, right. <laughs> I do want to give Pioli credit because I think playing Krunich in the Kessie role that we saw against Inter last year worked. We'll see if Napoli has an answer for that. And I think playing Tamori was the right answer because his pace. Not mm. only did it come benefit in this game because he stopped a couple of plays where you know Malik Chow or Kiara couldn't get with the pace. And if you know when 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 Victor Osimhen comes back, they'll need that pace. But you know, it's still it's a tall ask, you know, to beat Napoli. Napoli's a good team, uh, but Pioli got it right. It was a masterclass by him in this game. So. And how about and let's I mean, how about his resilience? It seems like every time the Pioli out idiots get loud in social media, he silences <laughs> them. He shuts them the hell up. He reinvents himself. Who said that in the chat? Someone said it in the chat. He keeps reinventing himself, uh, yeah. as Derek says. Yeah, he does, and he does, and he's done this over and over again. Uh, and someone I saw this a couple of weeks ago when Milan was really in their funk, and they said, "See, this is the best he's got. Last year was a fluke, and no, no, no." I'm like, really? Like he's really he reinvents himself with Milan. He just found new ways to get better and better. And teams find him out, and as a good manager does, finds ways to get better. And he realized he made a mistake with the 4-3-3. It was working at the time, but then it, went, it started not working and went back to the 4-2-3-1 and uh, made the subtle changes of adding Tamori back with Kiar uh, and then putting in Krunic, and it worked fantastically. So, you know, he has to deserves a lot of credit. He's, he, you know, someone said he's like, he's he's a, a mid-table manager at best or something like that. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's he's brilliant. He's not Allegri, right? But he he's a really good manager. Yeah. So, you know, give him credit, you know? Yeah, he found the right solutions. <clears throat> uh, Mark saying Napoli plus 140 to plus 145 before Sunday. So I'm wondering um, what the <laughs> to qualify was at. I wonder if it was maybe in the minus. Milan was plus 190. Okay, so yeah, that kind of makes sense. So it has it, but so I'm I'm right in that the money has moved toward Milan. Um, uh, <clears throat> for at least for the first leg. But to qualify, I'm curious to see if the money's to move toward Milan as well. <laughs> if it's Napoli at minus 188 and Milan at plus 137 to qualify, I'm guessing prior to Sunday that Napoli was maybe minus 200, minus 205, and that Milan was probably in the plus 160 uh, range. Strepa, I don't know if you've got a chance to look that up, but that would be nice to know. Um, I think those saying that's going to be a close two legs is is the right call. I think both you know Napoli are the better team, but this is very close. Uh, hmm. uh, this season, Milan's played Napoli the best out of anybody in Serie A. Uh, they had a, a narrow loss to to um, Napoli in the, in the first first go around the season where Napoli won, and then this game obviously Milan won. Uh, obviously Inter and Lazio have wins as well, but um, yeah, it's just Milan's Milan plays well against good teams and not so well against poor teams. So. Yeah, you know, they, they they get up for these big games and they have that DNA that does mean something in Champions League. But then, and, and what is it? I mean, further about Pioli, when you look at him compared to some of the other the other managers in this league, Pioli adjusts and he's willing to, he's not afraid to change formation. He's not afraid to, you know, make the changes. And that that's what we've learned from him. I mean, when yeah. things were going so bad with Tatrasanu and goal for the second time, you know, we we speculated like a four three two one where you play three center midfielders to give that back four more protection. He just went with three in the back. And like, fuck you, I'm putting three. Yeah, and that's fine. Sorry, Michael. That's fine. We wanted a change, <laughs> uh, so we wanted a change. I'm rubbing off on you in the in, you in, 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 in a not a good way. Yeah. Um. So so you know, so he went three four two one, and that's that's fine. Um. But now he's coming. He's realizing that it's crowding 
layout and his ability to have an impact on a game. And he took the gamble. He, he took the risk of going back to playing the back four so that he could highlight his best player. And it worked. So, and he came back with a vengeance with uh, his performance. I thought layout was fantastic for sure. And when he comes out of this, and even with even with Napoli not needing the game, and another reason why this game is important for Milan is that Pioli now has flexibility. Yep. He can go to four in the back. He can go to three in the back. He can mix this up based on what the opponent and that the conditions of the game is going to demand from demand of Milan to be successful. Um, Inzaghi doesn't do that. He plays three five two. Okay. Uh, Casperini doesn't do that. He plays three, five, two, or a variation of it. Um, we've seen Allegri switch from back four to back three and fluctuate, but tactically the setup is the same. Um, po- uh, Italiano stays in four, three, three largely. Yeah. Mourinho is willing to adjust between a three-man defense, four-man defense, but he's played a three-man defense just about the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saudi's best favorite formation is 4-3-3, hardly deviates from it. No. So yeah. being willing to show that flexibility and throw something different at the opponent might come in handy when you're trying to talk about separating yourselves from the rest of the pack for top four. Yep. Yep. Um, two things, uh, from the two last things from the game. Uh, Leal. Eerily similar numbers to his MVP season. Just you know, yeah. people people who hate on Leao this year, he's got numbers this year that almost reflect last year's numbers. Just just saying. And then two, uh, let's chat about the the Curva Nord or you know the Curva for uh, Curva Bay or whatever it is for for Napoli um, with the silence ahead of the game, protesting the the pricing thoughts on it, and also the Curva fighting each other, different ultras, different ultra groups fighting each other uh, during the game as well, which is wild scene there. You rarely see two, 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 two ultras from the same team fight each other, but so, it happened. So what was all of this about? I mean, it was just, so I think they're right. So they're protesting the stupid prices for champions league and stuff okay. for Napoli. So if you look at the, the, the three teams are right, they're left Milan, Inter and, and Napoli. I think the cheapest. Uh, I forget who put the tweet out, so I apologize, and I'll, if, I'll find it. I'll retweet it. But um, the cheapest tickets for each of the games, like for Inter in Milan, the games were, tickets were like something like 65, 70 euros, and then Napoli was ninety euros. And mm. you know, Inter, Inter, and and Milan are in Champions League more often. Well, I shouldn't say Milan, but uh, they're in they're in Champions League more often, and and you would expect those prices, especially with that with the aura that the the San Siro brings, that those prices would be higher, and they're not. And it's the Maradona's prices that are that are so high. And so they're protesting that. And so I understand it to an extent um, about why they were doing that. I don't understand why they're fighting each other. I think there was a conflict of how they um, how they wanted to handle the the protests. I know the Far From Vesuvius gang, they did a fantastic podcast on it. Um, and I, haven't, I, I just started listening to it. So I, go go to that source. They can tell you that you know, Henry Bell and the gang, they, they all do a fantastic job there. And they really broke this down. But um, yeah, it just, it's just so weird to me seeing two ultras from the same from the same team fighting each other which is mm-hmm. it's it's weird <laughs> yeah you you normally don't see that a lot i the 90 the 90 thing with with it just feels like a really sick cash grab um, it's like the united states with the, with all their sports you know yeah uh, you know it's you know it, i think it's I think I think it's 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 trying to seize upon the concept that one they have an excellent product on the pitch. Two, they're in a position that they've never been in before. Yeah, 
um, and they're trying to financially gain from it as much as they possibly can. Um, was the price hike UCL, the city, or ADL's decision? I I don't think the UCL decides these ticket prices. No, I don't think so. Because otherwise all the prices would be the same, wouldn't they? Yeah. I, the Monopoly guys are going to know this more than we are. Yeah. Um, LDL Rafa, in the chat might know too. Ken Chofredi, not only pricing lots of regulations as well, they're not allowed to have flags. Yeah, that was that matters. too. That's right. I remember that okay. too. Yeah. yeah. They don't. Okay. Without really doing the investigation and doing my research and just taking the most educated guess possible, I want to say it's a combination of the city and ADL. Uh, with the city having, because the city has the ownership of the Maradona. So, if you want to know more, follow the Far From Receivers gang and the Nafli Yes, Raf and Rafferant. Those yeah. guys have the answers. Yeah, absolutely. Trust me. Yeah. But if okay. I'm to speculate, I think it's a, a shared decision between the city and, and De Laurentiis. But yeah. I might be way off. So, our friend uh, LKLDL707 might be. Uh, might I'm be sure he knows more than us, too. though. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, you're not getting in there for under a hundred, and some of the way seats are over a thousand. Did I tell you what the uh, MLS All Star Game versus Arsenal tickets are going for? What are they going for? Cheapest right now is uh four hundred dollars. I think four hundred seventy seven dollars. That's not worth it. No, you you can see Arsenal at Chelsea for under a hundred euros at London. Versus, yeah. why would I pay? Like that's stupid prices, man. Anyway. Well, I mean, and I think that that's just, you know, taking advantage of the fact that they're never over here to play. Yes. So, you know, I'm just curious to see if there's a Lambo game up in, because I missed it. I didn't go to it this past year. You won't be able um, to afford just, it. What's that? <laughs> you won't be able to afford it. P- we'll see. They're stupid. And last year it was City and Bayern. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No problem, Dominic. Yeah. Definitely check. They're, they're, and they're great guys. We endorse them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, we have, uh, it seems like every time Milan's at the <laughs> focal point, we, we go way longer on them, on them as a spotlight game. Whoops. I wonder why. Whoops. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta be better at that. Like, didn't we have like, w- the last main game was like, I can't remember who it was, but we were easily 10 minutes shorter than this. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. um, Whoops, but anyway, uh, we probably uh, should let the people know that there were nine other games and 18 other teams that played, not just Milan and Napoli. <laughs> so take it away. Yeah. Uh, game started off with Cremonese uh, against Atalanta. Goal scoring would start uh, for Martin Darun. Nice little place with shot in the low corner. Uh, made a one-up mm-hmm. for Atalanta. Uh, Chofani would get a uh, an equalizer on a penalty in the uh, 56, but uh, it, that was all Cremonese would get. Uh, goal of the week candidate, Hoyland, beautiful run, making a nice pass to Bogle on the back door, 72nd minute with a goal there. Adama Lukman got to, uh, made a 3-1 in stoppage time, 3-1 Atalanta went on the road. Uh, Inter hosting Fiorentina, and I remember a lot of Interisti cheering and laughing at Milan losing to Fiorentina. Oh, look, it's uh, Bonaventura, former Milan player, with the goal in the 53rd minute. Fiorentina beat Inter 1-0. I heard nothing after that. After that mm-hmm. result, uh, Juve hosting Hellas Verona. Moise Kane, wonderful goal, wonderful play, really. That, that whole setup there, yeah. In uh, the 55th minute goal, that was the only goal they would need. Uh, Allegri and company would shut out Hellas one nothing there. Uh, moving on to Sunday, 
uh, Bologna hosting Udinese. Bologna, look at Bologna all of a sudden. They're starting to play under uh, Tiago Mota. Tiago Mota. What a job Tiago Mota's done. I don't blame Inter, yes. Inter fans for salivating over trying to bring him to the San Siro. Outside of Spalletti, Tiago Mota has strong consideration for manager of the year candidate. Nominee. It's going to be Spalletti, but you know what he's done over there at Bologna has been fantastic since he's been there. Uh, push. I'm going to say it's goal of the week for me. Wonderful goal from like Steph Curry range. I mean, ridiculous shot, ridiculous power in the third minute. One nothing Bologna there. Uh, Moro. This guy's his- got this guy's got more goals than some of the strikers in this league this year. Posh is a leading yeah. goal scorer from a defender in Europe. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, and 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 he came over from Bundesliga. What was he? Hoffenheim, right? Yeah. 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 Talented, talented kid. I've always, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, in the in the short time that we had only Bundesliga to watch because of the pandemic, uh, he's a guy that caught my attention in some of the games that I watched. So um, he won't be there for long. Yeah, he's he's you know he's he's working at it, and I'll tell you what, and he's he's part of Ranić's plan too at Austria. Uh, so. Uh, another player you got to keep an eye on is Moro. Moro with a, his first goal of the 12th minute. Uh, and then he gets an assist. A nice play by him again. Moro again. But Barro uh, ends up putting it away in the 49th minute. 3 nothing. Bologna just completely beat Udinese in this one. Uh, moving over to Monza. Monza, excuse me, hosting Lazio. This was uh, all Lazio really in this game, honestly. It was a nice goal by Pedro in the 13th minute. And then Milinko Savic, goal of the week candidate with his free kick in the 56th. Lazio went 2-0 and uh, cement their place in second at the moment. Uh, Spezia hosting Salernitana. Uh, Matteo Caldara with an own goal in the 43rd minute. one nothing. Uh, Salernitana went leading at halftime. But uh, a goal of the week candidate, uh, similar to Leao's goal, Eldor Shemorodov in the 70th minute equalizes 1-1. Both teams share the points there. Uh, Roma hosting Sampdoria in a game marred by a uh, racist chance that Mourinho chimed his uh, Neo from um, Matrix was stopping the crowd chanting against uh, um, the manager for Sampdoria. Roma went 3 nothing Goals from uh, Wijnaldum in the 57th minute. Good to see him scoring again. Uh, this time a big the game-winning goal. Uh, Dybala gets a penalty in the 88th. And then in stoppage time, El Sharawi. Uh, all the goals happened after the red card by Mourinho in the 52nd minute. Really stupid by him. Um, but you know, good teams take advantage of their advantage, right? And uh, Roma certainly did in this game. But uh, again, the game marred by Stankovic getting uh, racially abused and Mourinho stepping in and, and shutting the the curva up, which was fantastic to see for his former player. But yeah. again, horrible Agreed. scenes again in, in Italy. So good for Mourinho. He's obviously you know he should get the kudos of the week for for doing that. Uh, and then some of the games on Monday uh, today, yesterday. What not even day of the week it is? Yesterday, yesterday. Yeah, Eppoli hosting Lecce. Uh, Caputo in the, in the 62nd minute made it 1-0. That would be all the goals in the game. Tonelli would get a red card in, uh, in consolation for Empoli. But Eppoli went 1-0. <laughs> oh, oh, in consolation for Empoli? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Sassuolo hosting Torino. Did he get a we red card? Expe- oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I just was looking to see. Uh, he, he Was he on the bench? I think so, yeah. I think for running his mouth or whatever. Oh, uh. Um, and then the goal the game, I think we both were hoping to see a lot of goals. Sassuolo Torino was really a uh, it's a good close game. Uh, Pinamonte, nice backdoor goal in the 36th minute, and then uh, the Paraguayan Sanabria uh, in the 66th would equalize it one one. They would share the points there. Where do you want to go? Another clean sheet for Lazio. Yeah, yeah. We can start there. And you know, against the Monza team that has been 
you know, they, they've been playing well. They're starting to peter out a little bit here. They haven't had a win, well, uh, you know, in, in, in a few weeks here. Uh, you know, so, so they've done, they've, they've done it again and, uh, you know, certainly deserve the, you know, being in second position, um, at the, you know, at the moment, if Juve win their appeal and get their 15 points back, that changes, but. Lazio um, still have the best defense in the league though. But they, they do. I mean, and well, they had the second best defense in the league going in, but now they have the best <laughs> defense in the league. Uh, thanks to the four that Napoli conceded. So, yeah. Um, you know, so that, that catches your attention inter. It's just a, what's going on over there. I mean, uh, on the one end you want to give them a pass. Uh, I mean, but they're, you know, they're rescued today by the penalty in the end, uh, with, with Lukaku. Uh, otherwise they would have be taking a one nil, uh, deficit back to the San Siro for the second leg of the Copa, but you know, four defeats in five, and I mean, this is they're not scoring. That's the scary part with them. And you got Benfica coming up, who you better figure out how to score goals against. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they 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 got two goals against Lecce in the last five weeks. They've scored three goals in Serie A in the last five match weeks. Two against Lecce, and then one against Spezia. Um, the the struggle is real with this team, and yeah. with the way. Roma are able to find ways to win Atalanta, and you can't rule out Juve. Inter could drop to sixth. Um, Unreal. It's it's uh, it's it, it you know it's scary to see what's going on. You're talking about Inter fans are saying it's time for Inzaghi to go. Um, you know it's it, you know Antonio Conte is now without a job. Tiago Mota's doing the things that he's doing at Bologna. There's options should they want to move on. You want Thomas There's, Tuchel, who's at Bayern? Like come now on. is it Bayern? Yep. The, the, you got the whole ownership situation going on too with them. Uh, with Sunni, I mean Inter right now. This is not how you want to go into a quarterfinal tie with Benfica. I mean, I no. I think Benfica is knocking Inter out at this point. Um, Based on current form, it looks like it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see this going well for Inter unless Inzaghi just all of a sudden unlocks his champions like magic. You know that he That's seems awesome. to seems to be able to have. I mean, to to get Lazio uh, to the knockout rounds a few years ago, and then to get Inter through a group that had Bayern and Barcelona in it, and. Uh, you know, to be able to survive against Porto to get to this stage. Um, you know, you can't count that out. But, man, I'm not encouraged by what no. we've seen with them over the last few weeks. So, no. And Anthony even asked, you know, is uh, what do you guys think about in regards to Lukaku? Do you think he's no longer a top striker? I mean, yeah, we've been saying that for a while. Since, you know, when he was with Inter a couple years ago, yes, he was a top striker. And when he went to Chelsea, he put on some weight. You could see he was not the same striker he was before. Yes, he probably wasn't getting the service he wanted or used to. Uh, but when he went to Chelsea, it's kind of when he stopped being a tough striker and, and coming back to Inter. We said it. He's 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 not the same player. He doesn't have the same pace. Maybe he's a, he has the same strength because he's a little bit bigger. Uh, but he's not the same striker. He's missing those those opportunities he put away with Inter the first go around. He's not doing it this time. He's still effective. Is he a top striker? I don't think so. Um, it's it's closer with him and Jekyll than it was back then. And you know, Jekyll was pretty good back then as well. So. Yeah, he's not a he's not a top striker for them. And, and Lautaro, when he's on, he's fantastic. But when he's off, he, he hurts the rest of the team as well. So it's it's a 
it's part of the struggle for Inter. The struggle is real. And um, yeah, it's just the current form is worrying. So worrisome. I do think they have the, the talent and the tactics to beat Benfica. It has to be a similar model to what we saw against Porto. But you can't. It's hard to like the form at the moment, like you said. It's it's. If you were betting man, you wouldn't bet with against Inter or bet on Inter because of the form that they're in. So um, yeah, it's. I don't know, man. Hmm. It's it's crazy. Um, you know they're going to have to figure some things out quick, or maybe it's the fact that Inter has just been figured out. Um, but it's 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 not looking good. Uh, did you see? The, the did you hear the words from Parolo about Inzaghi? No. So he was comparing Inzaghi and Allegri, and he was talking about how Allegri, he holds himself above the players. He is a manager. He makes the decisions. Uh, he make, he controls the team, and Inzaghi makes himself as one of the players mm-hmm. uh, and really really relies on the, the other players on the team to kind of help him get the job done, you know, to, to explain tax and all that stuff. And he says, like, Parola was saying, like, when an Allegri team starts, when something goes wrong on the team and the on, on the pitch, Allegri is the one who's directing them and getting them out of that funk. When mm-hmm. something goes wrong with Inter, the whole team crumbles because they don't have that same. Inzaghi doesn't hold the same weight that Allegri does in terms of him over the players. It's him with the players, and so all the players start playing individually and blah 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 blah. And I thought it was an interesting take because Parolo obviously was under under Inzaghi. Not to hear those words about uh, both Allegri and in particular Inzaghi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, um, how to react to that? Um, it's was was Inzaghi sealing whatever he was going to do at Lazio. I thought so. I still. I... I, I think he's a fantastic manager, but yeah, I thought what he was doing at, at, at Lazio was going to be the best he can do. Um, obviously, you're you're given a scudetto worthy team. Granted, you had to lose, sell some players and stuff like that. You know, Conte they win the year before they come back, and then you're thinking they're going to win again. And obviously, Milan win it, um, and then this year they're struggling even more. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's it doesn't help with with Sunin doing to them because you mm. know. There's no money. They're selling all the best players. They're not getting. They're not bringing them in players. And so you know, it, it, if I, I know it's difficult. It is it's difficult. But you have to do you use with what you got and figure it out. And at the moment, they're in a little bit of a funk and they're not figuring it out. And they have to shake this off if they have any chance to stay in the top four and beat Benfica and go further in the Champions League. You know, and just to follow up a little bit on the Lukaku talk with with some of the comments in here. I think Lukaku is the product of what happens when you're playing too many games, when you're relied on way too often, and 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 you know, and all of the injuries. You know, I mean, he's had okay. Ronaldo has been able to play injury, but why has Cristiano Ronaldo been able to play injury for? Because he takes immaculate care of himself. Okay, Lionel Messi takes immaculate care of himself. And I'm not saying that Romelu Lukaku doesn't take immaculate care of himself, but here's the difference with Romelu. Okay, (laughs) but here's another difference with Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku plays a style of striker or forward that absorbs a lot of punishment. 
Yes. You know, he plays with his back to the goal far more than Lionel Messi does, far more than Cristiano Ronaldo does. Yep. And <laughs> I w- that that was kind of what I played when I, I didn't have Lukaku's pace, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not blessed with pace. But I can tell you as a target forward, when you're off of playing with your back to the goal, with a defender, you are getting the shit kicked out of you. Okay? And 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 stuff you're not seeing on the camera and little nuanced things that defenders are doing you to try to doing to you to throw you off. Okay. And some of that, and that stuff piles up. Sure. Okay. And your body just absorbs it and absorbs it and absorbs it to the point where it just can't absorb it at a high level anymore. And you can't play at a high level anymore. And I think that that's what's going on with Lukaku. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with that comment there. Um, it's, uh, He's a shade of what he used to be, and uh, I just don't I don't see him regaining that form that he had once with with Inter. So, yeah, Inter gonna have to figure out a way to do it some other way. And um, yeah, it's not I don't an, apex, it's an apex. I don't think if Antonio Conte came back to Inter, I don't think that Lukaku suddenly becomes no what he used to be. I I think that you know the there's more tread on his tires at his age than there is on Ronaldo's and Messi's and, and some of these guys that are playing into their thirties. Okay. Um, You know, what he's asked to do as a striker is far different. And like I said, you absorb a lot more punishment than you do as Ronaldo, where you have space and can go at people. Messi, you have space, you can go at people. You have a defender you have a defender on your back for a very large chunk of the game. Um, and that defender is doing a lot of dirty tricks no. that you probably don't see on camera, to, you know, that'll try to throw you off. So question on um, <clears throat> Udinese. Um, yeah. Dominic says, did Udinese evaporate because of De Lofeo or why? At one point they were the team in black and white that people are most scared of. And, treading near the the european spots and now they've they're just dropping and they're, they're down to 11th at the moment but you know sasuolo is gonna really take over them who were in the relegation fight for for a bit too so what's going on with udinese well let's look i mean it's not it's not that i don't think it's that they've slipped i just think that teams like fiorentina and bologna have just gone on this Terrible. on these torrid runs that they've just passed them up okay um, let's see here. They, okay. So they had four. They beat Milan recently, right? So yeah, they beat exactly. Milan. They beat Empoli. They drew with Atalanta. Um, they had the draw with Spezia. Uh, yeah. Okay. From a results standpoint, you can probably look at them and say, yeah, they're, they're surprisingly inconsistent. They can beat Milan and draw uh, Atalanta, but then they can't beat Spezia. Um, hey, you know, they drew like Sassuolo. It's like Milan. <laughs> yeah, you've got a you've got to draw with Sassuolo in there. I I don't think I don't think Udinese has has fallen off or tapered off. I think teams have just flown right past them with yeah. their form. And Fiorentina, Bologna, chief among them. Juventus, obviously, um, you know. And I think that you know, I think Udinese still for what they are, the squad that they have, I, I, I still think they're overachieving. And I think Sotil's been very good. And I think Udinese has been very good. 
Yeah, and, and you, obviously you're gonna miss, you know, a guy like Delofeo and what he can bring to the team because he was certainly the linchpin for the attack. But they still have quality players in the attack as well, you know. And Beto is still still getting goals, maybe not the same rate that he had before, and maybe Doji's not playing quite as well. There, everyone's just a little off, but they're still it's still a very good team, honestly. And yeah. uh, Bologna is just in in the best form of the the re- best of the rest, right? Uh, and yeah, they're challenging. Fiorentina is. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, they're pretty close. They're pretty even. I would say those are two of the best for sure. Bologna and Fiorentina, they're right neck and neck, and they're tied in, tied in points at the moment. So, yeah, uh, both managers have found a way to get their teams performing, especially Fiorentina, to your point, both in Europe and in, in the league. So, yeah, it's uh, and in Coppa Italia for Vicenza Italiano. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting times here for those two clubs, and they're uh, you know. Good for them. Good for them. Because it's good to see both those teams have massively underachieved with all the talent that they've had for years now. And now they're starting to get some mojo together. It'd be nice to see at least Fiorentina European spot. Uh, but Bologna, that would be a, also a fantastic story if they, they found a way to get in there after massively underachieving for, for so long. Five losses in a row for Lecce and, and five straight games where they haven't scored. Yeah. Ouch. Are they on vacation, bud? They better not be. Um, what's saving them is that for all, for, for the crap that they've put up over the last five games, Verona, Sampdoria can't seem to catch them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cremonese, we can be nice about cause they're t- mathematically still, still fighting for this. Yeah. You know, same with Spezia. <clears throat> Spezia can count their blessings that Verona and some the, the, the team in the bottom three aren't capitalizing on them dropping points. Um, which is, you know, I think at some point you've got to look at this and <clears throat> start finding some ways to win, to get some comfort. Empoli is now on 31. They're 12 points clear of the drop with that win over Lecce. That was, that was huge for them. Uh, creates a little bit of discomfort and worry for Lecce. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but they slide and then Empoli snaps a losing streak too in the process. So, but you know, coming back to Lecce, I, yeah, you're eight points clear of the drop. Spezia is six point clear of the drop, but still enough to that that's close enough to be uncomfortable with 10 games left. Yeah. And speaking of uncomfortable, uh, with 10 games to go, Juventus still with the 15 point deduction are only six points behind Inter for that fourth spot. Um, can they do it even without getting the points back uh, over, you know, Inter, Roma, Atalanta, even Milan? I mean, Milan is in third place and they're only seven points behind them. Right. <laughs> you can't – it's hard to go against Juventus with how they've been playing, with how many games are remaining, and you still have that looming in the background. Will they get the 15 points back or not? Uh, who knows, you know, with the whole racist stuff going on today in the Copa Italia, maybe they get uh, more – who knows what's going on there. But – the way this team is playing, it's not out of the question. I wouldn't, you know, it's we always say this year after year with Juventus and, and even with Allegri, you don't count them out. You can't. And with 10 games to go, only six points out of Champions League spot, that's a possibility. And that'll be a damning notion. We said this last week, I think. It'll be a damning notion for the rest of the league if they, they make it to the top four with that 15-point deduction, you know? Yeah, it, it's not a good. That's not a good thing for City. Uh, it's good for Juventus for sure. Sure, uh, but the rest of the league it just doesn't look bad. Everyone's cannibalizing themselves basically outside of Napoli and Juventus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh my, um, Erdinger 
Erdinger Weibier Dunkel. Okay. okay. Is what he's having. German beer. Uh, Thank you, LK. Have a good night. German beer, and if I remember, Dunkels. Dunkels are are Dunkels a little like they're. they're I wouldn't. I mean, as by beer standards, they're sweet. I don't. A little remember. bit. I like. There's, they're amber. They're a little, almost a dark amber. Um, yeah, George. Yeah. George, am I right here or am I off? So, anyway, I hope you're enjoying it, George. That's that's a uh, most important part. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good find there, and that's a good. I think yeah. you know, I th- I'm sure it's good. I haven't had it before. Anyway, anything else with the uh, with the table? Um, no, no. I think we've hit every, pretty much everything. I mean, um, a lot of teams. I think some teams like Mons are maybe on vacation mode at the moment. Empoli certainly are not. Um, but yeah, no, nothing really. I mean, it's the top four. Milan are not back in the top four. I think this, Lazio. They're impressive with that defense. They may keep that second spot, but no, I got nothing else. Yep. Uh. I am right. Ah, see, I know. I know my beer. There you <laughs> go. That might be a there problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I don't know if Monza would hit the beach, though. I think there would just be more bunga bunga parties. Because you know, they're on 34 points. They're 15. Unless Berlusconi does owe them at least two bunga bunga parties, if not more. So, yeah, yeah they might be doing that already. So that's probably what it is. Yeah, so. yeah that's the point. Goals of the week. Goals of the week, yes. Uh, let's see, let's see. Okay, honorable mention going to go to, and I love team goals, but I have mine as an honorable mention. Atalanta's team goal that Lookman scored. I thought that was really well done by them. As well as SMS's free kick, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, a wonderful free kick there. Uh, but my top five goes as such. Salsicha Dona, yes, uh, Salamakers, number five, his going through seemingly the whole team, a wonderful move, Ronaldinho-type move on uh, uh, Minjai Kim. Uh, to get the goal there. That's number five. Number four, Hoyland, a fantastic run and finding Boga on the back door. That was a wonderful goal there. Number three, Leao's first goal and Eldor's eerily similar goals where they come in one-on-one. I get the advantage of Leao, obviously, because uh, the beautiful play that led up to it, but both you know Leao and Eldor with a nice chip over the goalkeepers to get their goals. Number two, Leao's second goal. That was a wonderful move on Rahmani and then blasting it past, uh, past Moret. Wonderful goal there. And then, like I said, Stefano Poch uh, with a goal from downtown, high-scoring defender in Europe. I mean, fantastic goal. It looked like... Stefano Poch. Stefano Poch. Stefano. Stefano Poch. You're making him Italian. Making him Italian. Mr. Mr. Ranić would like to have a word with you, I think. <laughs> it's Stefan. <laughs> Stefano. Okay, it's Stefano. You're playing in City yeah, it's Stefano. I guess I would... I, I, and I, I think I've... I've, I've Referenced Ranić a couple times now. He, he's Back got in Milan? He, what's that? No, no. But he's he's got Austria national team. He's got Austria looking pretty good. Yep. Um, so I've got the uh, I've got the Milinkovic Savic free kick at five, Salamakers at four, Boga at three, the Posh goal at two, and and Leo's first goal. Uh, okay. One goal okay. for me. Okay. So, um, with his second goal as honorable mention. Yep. So. I think just the the entire move, the Brahim getting around Rui and and and, and the pass and and everything that went with it, uh, edges out Posh and you know it, I'm a I'm a Milan fan. And whenever Milan scores a goal like that, I'm going to put it top. And we were watching was you know was watching it with my son, and my son said that has to be goal of the week, Dad. So it's all right. I'll make it goal yeah. of the week. 
yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um so that's that but uh quick one on the Coppa Italia 1-1 one, one today uh between Inter and Juventus um Juve took the lead it was through Quadrado wasn't it as well as 83rd minute okay let's take a look here so they score in the 83rd minute um this game if you didn't turn it on until the 83rd minute I don't think you really missed anything. So, uh, but Quadrado scores in the 83rd, puts U of A up 1-0. There's a penalty uh, late in the game here. Um, and, Bremer uh, handball, yeah. Yeah, Bremer handball. Uh, Lukaku takes the penalty, scores, uh, and then gestures. I but was it to the crowd? Was it at the goalkeeper? I'm still trying to. Yeah, at the crowd. At the crowd. So the crowd was chanting monkey chants at him prior to the ah, goal. Okay. So he did kind of like what Moise Kane did, you know, a couple years ago against Cagliari, and reacted after he scored, uh, and yeah, set off fireworks with on um, with with him with the team with Quadrado. I mean, there's a whole mess of things going on there. Um, so yeah. Lukaku gets sent off for his antics. Yeah, which I think I'm sorry they were justified. If he's going to get taunted like if you're going to get taunted like that by the opposing crowd, um, you know that's that's justified. Quadrado decides to get into a fight with him, uh, and then gets a yellow for arguing, and then gets a red for it says violent conduct here. I'm still trying to trace back to what the he punched. Violent... He punched Handanovic. I don't know if that was why he got a red, but he was, he kept going after Lukaku in that, in the skirmish. And he punched he... Handanovic and then Handanovic gets a straight red for the art for arguing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to sit here and say, okay, so in, in Tugat, Juve... got a red in any of this was Quadrado for the punch. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I mean, we, I was not, I was ready to not talk about this game today because of how dull it was until it ha- until the last, uh, until the last like 15 minutes of it. Like the, the, the 12, the 10, 10 ish, 11 minutes of that, that went up to the penalty and then the, the incident afterward. Yeah. And, it, it, and I understand, you know, you Lukaku got his second yellow in the game. Um, and that's why he got the red, but, you know, if you, there's no look at the precedence here. Moise Kane was in a similar situation against Cagliari in 2019, mm-hmm. where he's getting verbally abused, racially abused by the fans. He scores a goal and basically stands up to them. Lukaku does the same thing. Moise Kane did not get a yellow in that situation. Lukaku does. Mm-hmm. There was no really. The only difference was Moise Kane was like, "What? What?" And Lukaku, you know, does this. I mean, that's all. He was yes, he's cursing at them, whatever. That's but. Is it worth a yell? No. And I think immediately what we saw is when he did that, the Juventus players that were there, Danilo and Cuadrado, they tried to like get in the way and try to stop that. And then the whole thing got broke broke loose. Absolutely, Cuadrado should deserve the red card. He should be, he should have been gone. I mean, he took a punch. He only got, I think he gets a yellow for missing a game. I don't know if he may have got the red after all, but he misses a game no matter what for accumulation of yellows in the next game. But you cannot punch a player like he did for Handanovic. He needs to be gone for the rest of the season. I don't care. Copa Italia, Serie A, he needs to be gone. That's that's ridiculous. Mm. Uh, and then yeah, Lukaku, he's defending himself. I mean, he, yeah. he should have done what he did, right? Fuck, he yeah. should have flicked his finger off or whatever. But he 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 should not. He was a scapegoat in this. He should not have gotten a yellow card in this. Um, he was going after with Cuadrado after. And if you said if it was after the fact, you said it was because of him and Cuadrado. Yeah, what? Well, that's one thing. But it wasn't. He got the yellow for what he did 
uh, the salute uh, uh, to the crowd. That's what pisses me off about the whole thing. And then, like I said, Adanovich gets one for talking back to ref for getting telling ref he got punched in the face by, by Cuadrado and whole kind, all kinds of shit going on there. So I don't know. It's- I've never seen a player get a yellow, even if this was the second yellow, for gesturing toward the crowd. Yeah. Well, I if can't, he took his shirt, can't off, took his shirt off, I understand that, but he didn't. Yeah. I can't remember that. I can't remember it. I mean, okay, so if the FIGC, like, you know, the people who run the Coppa Italia, whoever, if they have any courage, if they have any balls, they reverse the decision. On, they reverse on Lukaku, make him eligible to play. And I think they re, you know, they reverse Handanovic unless somebody shows me something with Handanovic that justifies his red card because I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, but Quadrado, absolutely out, out for the second leg. And I think that this all is suspensions for the second leg. We, you and I were talking about this pre-show. Yeah. Um, I don't think red cards from Coppa Italia carry the suspensions are served in Serie A. I think they correct, but I think this Quadrado one should. I think he should for get, sure. They should change it to a red card, and it it's a egregious offense by punching another player. You should be going. Well, he got a red. He he got a red. Right, but I mean, he should be gone for the rest of the season. City out too. I mean, he should be gone. Yeah. And you know, who cares if it, you know? Yeah, it's a big game, big games for Juventus. Like you don't do that as a player. Like I'm sorry. No. Um. It's ridiculous. And, you know, speaking of arguments, um, did you see Spalletti arguing with Maldini and Leal in the in the, in the, um, in the hallway after the game? Yeah, what, was, what was that about? I think it was at halftime. Yeah, so I guess Spalletti was first was upset about Leal celebrating the goal too much uh, and asking, oh you know, what the hell are you doing? And then Maldini was defending him. And then Leal was like, you know, hey, forget it. Let's let's get out of here or whatever. Um, I saw some of this transcript, but uh, that's that was the basic gist of it. And I'm like, come on, Mal- come on, Spalletti, like, be a good loser. And then and then, he, and, then, the and, then and then Leal scores again, and then he dances, the, does the gritty. Yes, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is better? <laughs> <laughs> he like took went out of his way to run all the other side of the pitch and then go celebrate. So nice, nice. Oh man! Uh, so that was our, our our coverage on uh, Coppa Italia tomorrow. Cremonese and Fiorentina play the first leg of the um, uh, Coppa Italia. Anthony said he heard about it was about Labotka's yellow card. It could be that too. So um, let's just make this simple. Fiorentina will beat Cremonese two 0 tomorrow. I got nothing beyond that. I don't think we need to get to an in-depth preview. It's been a nice run from Cremonese. It's been a great story, but I think it ends, you know, Fiorentina will go get, go take a 2-0 lead back to the Artemio Frankie for the second leg. Your thoughts? You're on mute. Basta. <laughs> ah, okay. That's all I said. Oh, is that what you said? Okay, gotcha. I was just wondering what was going on over there. I don't so. know, half time. So... Anyway, we shall uh, we shall move on. So, uh, Italy. Let's talk about them briefly. Um, it's 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 really old news, but they they did have the loss to uh, England. They recovered and beat Malta. Um, are we 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 talked about this going in with? Italy, the constant, the continued dependence on the players that Mancini trusts instead of going to some of the players that are in form. And Jorginho got completely overrun by England. Yep. Um, and it cost Italy dearly. Now, they rallied to their credit. 
Gnonto came on, made an impression. Rotegi scoring in both games yeah. uh, shows that there's some depth here at the at the striker position. But um, nonetheless, it's 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 what we have here. It's uh, it, it's a defeat to England. So now they're kind of on the back foot now in terms of qualification. They recover nicely to beat Malta, but now they're in a position where having to win in England becomes a thing. Um, you still got Ukraine in the group, which could be a, a test and could be pushy. But uh, your assessment of what you saw with the Azzurri over the couple of games, pathetic. Um, yeah. I, I don't rate the I don't rate or care about the games against Molda, uh, Malta, and uh, whatnot. What mattered to me is how they performed against England. They were completely outclassed by England. It wasn't even that great of a lineup for England, and they were outclassed by them. Yeah, they made a good performance in the second half, a better performance in the second half. But like you said. Relying on 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 vets that just can't get the job done anymore. Uh, didn't seem like anybody had any drive in the game. You would think the game was played in England. No, it was played in 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 Italy, Central Italy, and it did not look like it. England was doing what they wanted to. Two nothing game. Mm-hmm. It probably could have been higher scoring game there. Uh, and it just it was a pathetic performance. And then, like I said, the the one bright spot of this whole international break was uh, uh, with or Letegui, whatever his name is. Um, Retegi. Retegi, excuse me. His goal and his performances, you know, getting goals in there, it was it was good to see. You know, it's a breath of, a breath of fresh air. Um, I thought he was pretty. I thought he was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. It's good to see him there. Um, do I think he is the the next big striker to come to City Hour or Italian striker? No, I mean it's just a small sample size. Um, I think he had maybe six league goals coming into this. So it's not like he was lighting the world on fire prior to this, right? It just he just a, a player who fits the system perfectly. And I think that's what Mancini has. And at the moment, has it better than what they had, right? Chile Mobile, Belotti, whoever you want to put in there. Scamacas really wasn't, wasn't informed. So why not take a chance with nobody else you know, doing the job? And he, he got some goals, so good for him. So that was a yeah. lone bright spot for me, I think. And and Yonto as well. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, I think, you know, relying on Donnarumma still, I think we talked about Moret should have got the start in this, and I still agree about that. And, uh Defenders not getting, you know, when we saw Toloi getting in there, and and it just, like you said, relying on something that doesn't work anymore. Because because they won you a Euros doesn't mean you have to trust them. It's show me play the best players, and and Mancini did not do that. This is what got Lippi in so much trouble. Yes, after winning the World Cup in two thousand and six, he went into two thousand and ten with just about with with a lot of the same guys, yeah. and they got embarrassed. In the group and went out after the group stage. Um, You know, you've seen this happen where they just national team managers just continue to trust the same people and it doesn't work. Exactly. So we'll see if he learns from this. You know, I think some of this is recovery of some other players too. Um, And then, you know, as we, as we argued, you know, getting different guys in the squad. Uh, Provodel, I think, ended up having to leave, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he um, did. Yeah, he he made the initial squad, but I don't think he was there. It was just um, right. you know Marat and 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 Donnarumma and Falcone. Uh, right. It's about form. It, it is about form, and unfortunately, Manchini doesn't understand that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's about form to an extent, but I mean, here's the other. But here's the other thing, and this is what's so tricky about assembling national teams. Yeah, you. You have to put together, you're not necessarily putting together the 23 best players or the 23 most informed players. You're putting together the 23 players that you think fit your system the best that you want to implement. 
Okay. That leaves some good players out. And we've seen that happen so much. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the most glaring example, 2018, France didn't take Benzema out of the World Cup and they won it. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that's that's just it. Uh, and I'm with George. I think they'll be okay too. Um, you know, it's to hear the ball from Kane's penalty kick from the World Cup is still <laughs> in outer space. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so Right there up with Zaza. Yep. Yep. That it's it's probably caught up to Zaza by now. <laughs> so I think there was a little more velocity on Kane's. Yeah, yeah. yeah Zaza's yeah. was like straight up and floating, just <laughs> nasty. So, um, all right. Anything with the Champions League, Europa League, Conference? That's all next week. We talked Milan Napoli. We think that game's going to be ten. I'm going to go score draw at the San Siro with with Milan Napoli. I didn't see enough here Saturday where I think Milan are going to win the first leg in San Siro and suddenly own Napoli. Well, I shouldn't say that. They won four nil, but I think the presence of Osimhen, if he's available, changes things. Um, so I'll go with a score draw there and have it all to play for at the Maradona. Uh, I do think though that Benfica beat Inter because I. While I want to believe that Inzaghi will conjure up some European magic as he's been doing uh, over the last few years um, between Lazio and Inter, I, I what this Inter team is showing me right now from a form standpoint, I just can't believe that they're going to go back to Portugal again and get something out of it and bring something back to the San Siro that they can work with. I think a deficit's coming back to the San Siro in that tie. Right. I'm going with Benfica to win. Uh, and I'm going with them to win two nil. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. Wow! But I, wow. I just I can't see it. Yeah, I'm with you on the draw with Milan Napoli. I, I think either nil nil or a score draw. Uh, I, I don't expect you know Milan to come out blazing again like they did at, at the Maradona. I think it's gonna be tied two legs with those with, with those teams. Yeah, I mean if this Inter Benfica Inter game was two weeks from now, I might feel differently because there's still a chance you can get into some kind of form, but. Based on current form, uh, best case, worst case scenario they can afford is go down one nothing at Benfica. Mm-hmm. Um, best case, obviously, is, is a win or, or a score a draw. Can they do it? Yeah, sure. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the slight slight optimist and say they only lose one nothing at mm-hmm. Benfica and take that small negative uh, deficit to back to San Siro, but. Man, I don't know. Based on current form of both teams, it's hard to pick Inter over Benfica at the moment. It really is. If you're an Inter supporter and you go to Benfica and lose one nil, you take that and you get the hell out of there with it and run with it like crazy. Yeah, because that's going to be a that's your best. I mean, that's a that obviously for obvious reasons that's something you can overturn at the San Siro with one goal. But if this gets to two nil, like I think it's going to be, going to be really hard for Inter yeah. to reverse that yeah. um, in the return leg. So. Um, Europa League, Feyenoord, Roma, uh, Juventus, Sporting, Lisbon. Um, let's start with, I think this Feyenoord, Roma game is fascinating. Yeah. Mourinho bringing his tactics to a, a, a Feyenoord team that's leading the Eredivisie. They've got so many different guys that can score. Playmakers, Kokchu, uh, through the midfield. <clears throat> uh, oh God, the guy's name. Idrisi's up front. Uh, uh, I want to say it's Santiago, uh, who's the striker. Mm. Um, I mean, there's, there is lots of talent in this Feyenoord team. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I think though the way it's Mourinho, 
Um, yeah. And it's Europe and it's just, it's a, it's a cup tie. I I'm going with the Wiley veteran being able to put something together to scratch out a one, one draw there. Uh, Juve sporting Lisbon. This is a fascinating game. Fuck yeah. This is a fascinating game. Sporting Lisbon are really good. Um, and, uh, Milan are, are among the lucky that they didn't qualify through the, uh, uh, group stage of the Champions League because Milan they were in Tottenham's group. Mm. Yep. Um, you've got guys like Marcus Edwards. You've got uh, guys like Pedro Gonçalves. Um, Sebastian Cortez is a decent defender who I think yep. can can nullify Dusan Vlaovic so that Juve are going to have to find goals from other positions. Now, all of that being said, and this is a, this is a Sporting team that knocked out Arsenal in the Europa League. Um, all that said, Juve are taking this Europa League seriously. As they should. Um, and I think they take a lead back to Lisbon. I think Sporting are going to score here. I'm going to go 2-1 Juve. So I got 1-1 for Roma Feyenoord. I got 2-1 for Juve Sporting. Imagine an Allegri Mourinho final. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Oh my goodness! That's no, one the would, no one would watch. <laughs> I'd watch just to see Mourinho. I would watch um, it too, but I mean, just like yeah, neutrals no, yeah. would look at this. It'd and be say, zero zero the penalty kicks, but uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, you know what? I I think I slightly with these games, I feel a little bit differently than last time in the sense that I feel more confident with the Serie A teams than I did previously. Not that I didn't feel good about them. I just think I agree with you. I think Mourinho in a cup game. The way his tactics sit up, it just lines up perfectly for him. He's already won with Roma in Europe. You know, last year, let's not forget, in Conference League, uh, why couldn't they win this? Why couldn't they win this year in, in, in Europa League? Um, you yeah. ha- it's hard not to back a Mourinho team in a cup. Uh, and I'm going to – I think they barely get by Feyenoord, but I think they get by Feyenoord. I really do. I think they can – they're dis- disciplined enough defensively where they can – stifle Feyenoord and then they have some of the attacking pieces up front including led by their talisman Dabala that mm-hmm. can get the job done and score some goals so yeah I, I say they 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 probably win this the two legs maybe like a 2-1 or something crazy like that or you know maybe 3-1 I, I I just it's hard to go against Mourinho and then on the other side you know Allegri against Sporting you're right I think Sporting are they are a fantastic team all Portuguese teams are um but Juventus has been playing really well, uh, both in the league and in Europe, and they are taking this this seriously, and they should, because I think anything other than like a finals appearance or even a victory is going to be uh, almost a laughing stock for them, right? Especially yeah. how good they've been in Serie A, and so yeah, I think it's going to be a, a fascinating tactical series or two legs to watch between this between these two teams because I'm, you know, what Allegri is going to bring. And how how are Sporting going to unlock that? They're, are they capable? Yes, they are. But I think Juventus have just too much in terms of discipline and know-how under Allegri to get the job done just ever so slightly. So yeah, I think two narrow victories for the City Act clubs in this in this uh, this quarterfinals here. So let's go. Sure. Let's. Yep, yeah, I, I like it, and then I think that uh, I think Fiorentina go to Lech, Lech Poznan, and and I'm going to go two one there. Okay. Uh, 
Ugarte suspended for sporting Lisbon field day for Angel Di Maria than if he plays. Yeah. If they if, if Allegri stars starts him. That's my thought. Um yeah. Sevilla new coach. Sevilla new coach and, and and out of the relegation zone. Thoughts on them against Man U Frank. Uh, this is City. I sit down, Michael. We don't talk about <laughs> who's a their new coach between Sevilla and Manchester United, unless they were playing City A teams. Never discount Sevilla. Let's say that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think I think with at least in the Europa League or your Conference League, Fiorentina going to Lech Poznan, that's going to be the difficult game. Come out at least with a score draw, yeah, at minimum. And I think I'm going to one Fiorentina. I think they'll win. I just yeah. the form they're in is yeah. is is really good. But yeah, I mean, let's bang the drum. So yeah, let's go. Yep, bang the drum for me. We're banging the drum for everybody but Inter at this point. So <laughs> sorry. So let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So and that's not because I mean, just like I mean, just it's look at their form. form. It's that's form. all you can say. So yeah, form. All right. So that's the European roundup. We now move on to the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Take it away, Richard. Alrighty, with Betty Hill queuing us up. Uh, first, starts off with Anthony, uh, resident uh, who encountered Twitter nomineer. Is that a word? I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's, it is now. Uh, it is now. Uh, that's what Isaid kicks it off with. Simone Inzaghi has led Inter to a zero match unbeaten run in all competitions. Inter paid twenty five thousand for every match he manages due to him having a UEFA Pro license. At forty six, he's the second average manager in Syria. <laughs> <laughs> I like the effort and the creativity that was put behind that yes, tweet. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Yes. Uh, at, uh, at at Thogden, is Mesut Ozil the greatest playmaker we have ever seen in football? It's got to be a joke, right? Like, really? Like, I like Mesut Ozil, but... Was this on April? No, this wasn't even on April 1st. It was on... Yeah, it was a week before April 1st, yeah. I don't know what he's smoking. Mesut Ozil is a fantastic player. I'm sure Bob, if he's if he's listening, he loves Mesut Ozil, I, I, as do I. But I do not think he is the greatest player, nor is he in the top 20 of all time. So, I, I, Gosh, I can easily come up with 20 50. guys better than him. <laughs> yeah. So like Maybe even 50. Yeah. Maybe even 100. Yeah, yeah. So what all do we got right, here? Moving on. San, Napoli Sansone, the evolution of Juventus FC in pictures. Obviously, Platini... Zidane, Chiellini, Fagioli. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's okay, good. I think that's the leader in the clubhouse right now, yeah, but let's see yeah. what else we can do. Uh, let's see. VR Ferrante. Drag my feet along the floor, then I see you. You're walking across the campus. Infinia looking like uh, Guardiola with no hair. Oh, okay. That's what yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. Creative. Okay. Creative. Creative. Took me a second uh, to catch that. Uh, moving on. Uh, Nemo. So, <laughs> Nemo, everyone knows chat, B- chat GPT is a new thing. Everyone's using the AI, whatever. So, he says, write me a tweet in the style of Carlo Garganese. And it says, sure. And it's the tweet that says, you know, absolutely outrageous decision by the referee, blah, blah, blah. Read, read the whole tweet. It sounds like Carlo Garganese would say that. <laughs> it's like spot on. Uh, so Nima's having a laugh at Carlo and this, and he, he, look, even Carlo even says very accurate. That's what I would say. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> uh, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carlo, Carlo, uh, Carlo attests to that. Yes, so. yes. Yeah, we like that. Okay, let's move <laughs> on to uh, at Joe underscore Cappuccino. Let Mancini cook the, the cooking. cooking. <laughs> 
completely <laughs> blackened pizza. <laughs> it was good in 2020, but not so much now. Uh, but hey, wait, that's like, so that's like pizza etouffee. Uh, uh, Anthony, isn't Anthony from the New Orleans area? That, yeah, that, I think so. It should be classic down there. here for them, shouldn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Apex is in the chat, nominated to us to this one. So the original tweet was from um, at Milanista203, said him. Oh, wait. So it says, uh, Milan, 25 games this season, five goals, two assists. Is Lorenzo Colombo the next player ready for AC Milan? He says him, Pobega, uh, Bresciani should be sold. I think she should be sold, but could raise 30 to 40 million for their sales. Martino says breaking. FIGC has taken 15 points for Milan from this tweet. <laughs> like, you're not going to get 30, 40 million for those players. Like, come on. Like, it'd be nice, but no, nah, we're not giving this. That was a, if, if, if there's ever a drunk tweet, <laughs> yeah, the last one spelling, from that Milanista 203, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. Uh, at Football Italia, Italy International, Nicolo Zaniolo has a Ballon d'Or clause in his contract with Galatasaray, <laughs> who will pay the first installment of the striker's transfer fee to Roma in November. Uh, Ballon d'Or clause, huh? Interesting. Yeah, said no one. <laughs> okay. I believe when I see it. I believe it, Nicolo. I don't think that clause it. is ever going to get activated. No, no. Original tweet was, was from Madrid Extra. says, uh, since last year, Real Madrid have drew up a list of possible reinforcements for the right-back position. Reese James, Jao Cancelo, uh, Juan Foyth, and uh, Davide Calabria. And so Omar at Alessio Tackle says, as an honest Real Madrid fan, I think we should go for Calabria ASAP. It'll only cost us $50 million and that's not for Mr. That's nothing for Mr. Perez. <laughs> <laughs> the Milanista trying to get rid of his player there. So he had a good if, performance against the someone comes calling offering $50 million for Calabria, that's yes. like, uh, how, how, where do I sign? <laughs> exactly. Hell yes. Napoleonismo is back. <laughs> I'll see him at home watching Kvara crossing. I don't know. I find this so funny, but that's I can great. See it. I can see it. <laughs> Oh, ma- he is God. a master at his craft, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is. He is. He is. All right. Um, original tweet was from uh, from at jfamily3502, and it says, uh, breaking, Grant Potter has been sacked by Chelsea. So uh, Fine Nord fan says, the J Twitter expert in question, it's AJ Alfino Alfine, sack Allegri and bring in Grant Potter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, mercy. Oh, my gosh. Napoleon Eastman is in leader in the clubhouse for me, by yes, the way. Yes, he is for me, too. All right. Uh, our friend uh, Anthony at Inter Worldwide uh, at Anth Privatera. We got to get him back on. Yes, we do. Okay, guy, so. <laughs> He's going, LOL, get fucked, too. Uh, Kevin Lasagna <laughs> style of play. A tall and quick left-footed forward. Lasagna's natural role is that of a main striker in the center. Lasagna has many layers to his game. <laughs> oh, Wikipedia. Uh, I hope that's still up there. That's awesome. <laughs> we don't. You don't even need to read past that. Nope. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Uh, there we uh, you get to explain this one since you nominated it. I will. Uh, so uh, the original... Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> so Saturnion and Virtuaris, I apologize. Uh, Saturnion says, uh, Juventus fans flexing Milan's win versus Monopoly yesterday. He'll get off the screen. That's funny. Uh, and then uh, Don Tico chimed back with that. Uh, Milan and Juventus fans says, you're the best. No, you are. <laughs> they make out. Oh, God. But uh, graphic here for the uh, 
such a neon and Don Tico uh, tweets there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, you get this one though, because I know you've seen this movie like me. So. Oh yes, this movie's great. At V underscore underscore Strandberg nine. Conte meeting Korea and Dumfries at Inter next year. I can see Conte doing this, you know? This is totally Conte. Not this play. This is classic. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Private Joker. I admire your honesty. Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and fuck my sister. I got your name. I got your ass. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Now get up. Get on your feet. You had best unfuck yourself or I will unscrew your head and check down your neck. <laughs> yes, sir. Private Joker, why did you join my blood cult? Sir, kill, sir. So you're a killer. Sir, yes, sir. Let me see your war face. Sir. You got a war face? <laughs> ah, that's a war face. Now let me see your war face. Ah, bullshit. You didn't convince me. Let me see your real war face. Ah, <laughs> this is career, don't Sir, yes, sir. What's your excuse? Sir, excuse for what, sir? I'm asking the fucking questions here, Private. You understand? <laughs> 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 sir, yes, sir. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? I'm going to go watch this movie. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. I haven't seen this in a long time. Full Metal Jacket for anyone who doesn't know. We've got a lot of young generation people that listen to our podcast. That we took five foot nine. I didn't know this stack shit that high. Bullshit, it looks to me like the best part of you ran down to crack your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. <laughs> I think you've been cheated. <laughs> oh, what a fucking movie. That's a great movie there. What a movie. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, such a new one with a better, more appropriate uh, tweet with this one. And it's, uh, thank you for the deep fright Instagram pics of Rigi, but it's time to get out. And it's uh, hacking him into a suitcase and get in the fuck out. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Anyway, <laughs> all right, that's up there too. Okay, and then finally at V underscore Strandberg nine, Lukaku versus Quadrado in the player tunnel after the match. Throws him in the tunnel. Uh, Throws him in the washer. In the washer, I mean. <laughs> Oh my god. That's a good one this week. That's a funny one. Oh my god. That is god. great. Oh. oh man, alive. Okay. <laughs> Who on Calcio Twitter came through great? Yeah, Apex we is like I love loving it. We gotta pick the winner. Oh what do you and, think? I mean Napoli and Eastville was fantastic. I mean it's hard we both love full metal attack. It's hard not to pick that one. But uh ah it's between that and uh not playing Eastmo, I guess for me. <laughs> I'll see what it was. It's crazy. I got to I got to I got to pay homage to Full Metal Jacket, man. I think we got to give it to V underscore underscore Strandberg nine. So fair enough. Fair enough. We we were we watched most of the clips, so why not? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Victor right. C. Yep. All right. Well, congratulations, Victor C. You are the winner of Who Won Calcio Twitter this week. Oh my! Uh, Richard, speak to the people while I uh, send this tweet out. <laughs> 
I apologize first for the uh, Sachin tweet from earlier that I had to show, uh, but you know it had to be shown. It was funny. It was uh, Juventus people, Juventus fans riding Milan cock after uh, their beat of Napoli, beat down of Napoli. But uh, anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, shout out to uh, against everyone in the chat for uh, bringing it again this week. Uh, Dominic loving the uh, Pepin Signe and the Rigi packing. Uh, it's a lot of good ones this weekend with the, uh, this week with the tweets. Uh, so. Uh, I really got nothing. I'm just rambling on at this point. So uh, if you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N and go watch Full Metal Jacket, please. (laughs) Yeah, definitely go check out Full Metal Jacket. You can find me at FTC underscore 21. And with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of Seria Sit Down, uh, where we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There is Setia Sit Down at Setia Sit Down on Twitter, Instagram. Check us out there. Uh, drop us a note. Send your Who Won Calcio Twitter nominees to twi- our Twitter uh, handle there. And make sure it's hashtag Who Won Calcio Twitter. Try to keep it clean. Uh, Richard. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but and definitely don't be offensive. Don't be a dick to other fan bases or anything like yeah. that. You can there's 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 poking fun and, and 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 a little bit of banter, and then there's just completely offending people. Let's try not to do that. Um, also on Facebook, but we we're not on there very often, so you, you're better off trying us at Twitter or Instagram. So and YouTube. And YouTube, here on our YouTube channel. I forgot to mention that. You know, if this is the first time you watched us, please, uh, and, and, and you enjoyed it, please drop a like, please subscribe, hit the notification bell so that you are alerted next time we go live on the air. Uh, and then our website, seriasitdown.com, that I keep saying I'm going to put content up, and then life gets away from me, and I don't have a chance to sit down and put something together. So, um, but we will soon. So, um, other than that, I think we're good. Next Tuesday, same time. Same time, same place. Let's do it. So, and we will be, uh, we will have a recap of uh, Benfica Inter uh, first leg uh, by next Tuesday night. Kind of get a feel for how that's going. If we can uh, take a dive, I think everybody plays on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, as they're off. They usually are off on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Uh, We actually have seven games on. Saturday the 8th, we have Lazio and Juventus on Saturday. Big one there. Uh, so that's got to tell me that there's three games on Friday. Yes, there is. Salernitana, Inter, Lecce, Napoli, and Milan, Empoli uh, take place on Friday the 7th. And then we have seven games on April 8th, highlighted by Lazio and Juventus. Yeah, and, uh, big one. Serie never plays over Easter. Atalanta, Bologna, another that's, – that's an intriguing Ooh. one too. Ooh. So. Uh, so check that out if you have time. So, um, but that'll do it. Uh, we will see you all next Tuesday night. In the meantime, uh, if you if you do celebrate it uh, and if you do observe it, have a great Holy Week and have a great Easter. Uh, and we will uh, see you next Tuesday. For Richard, I'm Frank. As always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao.